Cape Christian, if you're here for the first time, we are so delighted that you're here, and, and we just want to say this is a safe place to explore your faith. You can come as you are, uh, and we are just so glad that you decided to give us uh, an hour or so of your time. We are just kicking off a new series. It's a six-week series, and we're totally taking it off of a book uh, that was written right before the pandemic that I believe was a, almost a prophetic um, instruction manual to help us navigate these tough times. And so the series is called uh, uh, Get Your Life Back because the book is called Get Your Life Back. And um, we, as a, as a community, I believe God wants to take us as a church all in the same direction. And so I've asked, I've encouraged, if you have not yet got the book, please get the book, try to find the book. Uh, if you can find it, we ordered some, they're all already gone, but I think on thrift books, Christian books, maybe Target, you can still find it, the audio book. But I would love for all of us as a household or individuals to prioritize going through the book together. Each weekend, we're gonna hit some things in the book, but there's a bunch of stuff in the book that's not on the weekends and vice versa. So um, we'd love to do that. Um, and we are also going to be doing something I mentioned last week, Starting next Monday, a week from Monday, we're gonna do the last three weeks of the series. We wanna do another 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we want to, and, and it's totally outlined throughout the book, but we wanna set some time aside from, for God and we want to allow him to do some things in our hearts and our lives. I believe this series is gonna be paramount for some of our marriages, some of our families, some of our paces that we may be uh, a lot closer to a burnout or something bad in our soul than we really realize. And I think God is loving us enough to say, hey, I, wanna, I want you to re-evaluate some of the ways you go about life. The whole premise of the whole book and the whole premise of the entire series is that our souls were not made and cannot live the way we're living right now. It, it's not possible. What we're doing is not working and it's not sustainable. That's what we talked about last week. And so we are gonna have these 21 days of prayer books available to everybody next week. They're already done. Um, it goes through, we have, a, the, we're doing the SOAP method, where scripture, observation, application, and a prayer, one for each day, starting on Monday, a week from this Monday, and we'll end the last weekend of our series. Uh, and we want you to, to we've, we've kind of put this together intentionally to have space with God. Last week, we talked about that our ultimate goal and our ultimate purpose in life, the thing God wants for you the most is not to produce for him, not to be a good person, but that you were created for union with God, unity with God, that you were created to have a personal, intimate relationship with him. And we used this cup illustration, if you were here, that God will always fill the space we give him. It's one of the great things about God. Whatever we give him, he'll always, he'll go above and beyond and he'll fill it. So he's always gonna take whatever we give him. And we talked about how we can increase our capacity, uh, which happens slowly and a little bit at a time, or a greater union starts with a greater emptying. And, and, and really, the idea of fasting is simply the idea of I'm gonna take some stuff out of my life or I'm gonna take some stuff out of my cup so that I have more room to receive God, the union, the, the joy, the peace, the hope, the healing, all of the things he has for us. And so that's where I really wanna encourage you. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the fasting element the next couple of weeks. Um, what do we wanna give up as a family? What do I as an individual, where do I wanna cut out? Is it a meal? Is it social media? Is it an activity? Is it something I, I really like? Um, so that I can see what God wants to do. I've never in my life fasted and not have God do something profound in that time or that season. And I want that for you so bad. So not this Monday, not this weekend. These are not available yet. Don't go to the Connect Desk today. Be like, where are the books? Um, they're gonna be available next weekend. We'll have plenty for everybody. They'll also be available digital for all of our wonderful online church all around the globe. We got you guys. You can download it. You can participate online as well, but those will be available. And so uh, the idea of the series, the idea of the 21 days and, and prayer and fasting, which totally go with the premise of the book, is we want to be intentional. We want to be strategic about turning down the voices and the noise in our lives 
so that we can turn up the voice of God in our life. We wanna eliminate some things and turn some things down so that we can more clearly and more easily connect with God. Some of you, I'm genuinely so pumped because I think you're gonna connect with God in a very real way for the very first time if you will just give yourself the opportunity and the space and the patience to do so. And so uh, um, my, my, if for those of you who like big goals, my goal would be maybe make it a goal once or twice a week to make it a 21 minutes of 21 days. 21 minutes goes really fast. If you put on a couple songs, read a chapter, and then write about or journal about or pray about whatever it was you read. And so, but if it's five minutes, that's great too, but that's where we're going. And I wanna lay out a challenge for those of you who like a challenge. Men, let's lead in this this time. What do you say? Let's be the lead. Let's lead in our time with God. Let's lead in going after God. We are so good. We are so aggressive. We are so uh, we are so achievement-minded when it comes to our careers and stuff. Let's be that way in this 21 days of prayer and throughout this series where we go, I'm gonna be aggressive in my desire for more of God. And, and let's just see how that um, impacts all the other arenas in our lives. And so, um, so that's what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, simple message, but I think, I'm hopeful it really resonates and that we leave really um, inspired to change. And the big idea that we're gonna talk about for the next 30 minutes or so is just simply this. That if we want to experience more union with God, if we want to be uh, experience more of the joy and the peace and the hope and all that he has for us, if we want that to happen, then the voice of God will get louder in our lives when we turn the other voices and the noise of the world down. It's that simple. Is that the voice of God will get louder when we turn the other voices in our world down. And I hear this so often, I think maybe this question would resonate with you. I, I know I have felt this at times as a pastor. Oh my gosh, a pastor. How do I find God when I'm so distracted and busy? How do I find God when I'm, so, I have, I'm important. I have important things to do, right? How many of you feel that way? Like, how do I find God? Like, we, we got some, we're kind of a big deal here. We got some things to do. How do I find God when there's so many things pulling and I'm so distracted and so busy and so I'm hopeful that these next few moments are gonna help us with that. So let's pray and let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for everybody joining us around the world uh, uh, on our online community, our online campus, as well as the people who are here in this room. Um, God, we are all your sons and daughters under one kingdom. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, to hear your word. I pray that you would speak to every single one of our hearts and that you would inspire and ignite change in our lives. God, the last thing we need is more information. Come on, somebody. The last thing we need is more information. We need transformation. We need something to get in our heart and soul that will produce the fruit you have for us. So move Corey out of the way and let the Holy Spirit speak. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys ready? Okay, as we start this, I need some crowd participation. If you're online, you can click the little hand button. We're gonna do hand raise. I need you guys to be ready. Find it on your icons or emojis. If you're in person, just simple right hand or left hand will work. Uh, a couple questions as we dive into this topic of turning the noise down in our life. How many of you, if you were, and we're gonna be honest with each other. This is an honest church. We tell the truth. Oh, by the way, if you're new here, our real big rule is no perfect people allowed. If you're perfect, you're gonna have to leave. If you're not, you're in great company. So there's no shame in your humanity and your imperfections. So we're all just gonna tell on ourselves for the next few minutes. So when it comes to noise, busyness, distraction, how many of you be honest to say that by the time I get out of bed in the morning, I already have text messages, notifications, emails, or headlines waiting for me? Okay, that's a lot of people. I can't see how many of you are online. Thousands of people online. I have no idea. Uh, but about three-fourths of the room here. Okay, so yeah, that's it. How many of you have ever sat down to pray or read the Bible or tried to connect with God and found yourself distracted, again, by an alert, by a text message, by an update, or just like, man, it's been three minutes, I'm kind of bored, what's going on on Facebook? <laughs> 
My hands up. Okay. Less of you. Okay. Good for those of you who are, are, are more holy than me. Um, last question. How many of you have looked at your phone at least once since this service started? <laughs> like, how, how many of you since I started talking? I've only been up here seven minutes. Do you see the problem? Somebody's going like, pastor right here, it's me. Uh, see, I'm on TikTok. Um, we have a problem. We have so many things just grasping at us. And here's, here's the challenge we find ourselves with. And I think we would agree with this. We, as a society, we, as a culture, we, as Christians, we, as Americans, we are distracted. We are distracted. I'm sorry, pastor, what was that? I was kind of distracted. Could you say that again? Like, we are distracted. And for some of us, that is way more real than others of you. Those of you who can focus on one thing and be patient, God bless you. That must be amazing. I'd love to know what that feels like. But some of us have to work really hard to stay focused on anything for any amount of time. Uh, don't look at me like I'm the only one. Uh, I am just constantly distracted. I tell my pastor friends often, if my church knew the amount of restraint I show at any given moment by the things that are happening here that don't go here, they would give me an award. They would give me a raise. They would be like, you are amazing, pastor. Like, how do you keep it all in? I'm always distracted. Uh, and I know I'm not alone. Now, the other problem we have is, and these two things work in tandem, that there is a lot of noise in our world, constantly. And it used to just be the busy streets of LA or New York, the, the, the subway and the honking and, and the, 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 the sirens, right? It used to be that. But now it's more noise that's coming out our soul, isn't it? It's the news, it's the headlines, it's the updates, it's what's happening in the Big Ten. Did Tokyo, the Olympics this, and what's Fauci saying now, and who's getting the vaccine? What about the Delta? And what about, are we still recounting Arizona? And it's just constant, nonstop barrage, and whose lives matter, and oh, I've, uh, uh, this person said this thing, and it's, and it's really noise at our soul. And I wanna just give you a picture of what I believe is happening to us, because I wanna kind of wake us up, because I think we've kind of become frogs in a frying pan, if you know that illustration, and we've gotten used to something that we were never meant to get used to. There's constantly noise just getting into our soul. So it used to be one or two things at a time, but now it's so many things. So this is what I believe it looks and feels like on any given moment in our soul. So we have uh, a long day, and we go home. I mean, I just want to watch the sports. I just want to take in the big game. I want to, I want to just see the big game. I, I don't even care about rugby. I just need to turn my brain off. So we got this noise going on. Or maybe it's not sports, but uh, as soon as you get home, you're like, I got to find out what I missed. Let's, what does MSNBC, what does CNN, what does Fox have to say? Like, wow, that's crazy, because if I turn to one channel, they say this, and then if I turn to the other channel, they say this, and these people say they're terrible, and these people say they're terrible, and who's right? I don't know. That's the news. Or maybe you're like, man, I just, I just can't, when I get home, like, the cell phone just never stops. The, the emails keep coming, the Twitter uh, uh, notifications, the text message, the 37,000 text messages I missed while I was in all the meetings, and it's like, oh, we got the cell phone going, or, uh, you know, and then over to the couch right next to you, you got your, your son playing the Switch, so he's got his video game noise going, and you're like, oh, I'm just trying to be distracted by social media, and you're distracting me by Call of Duty, or whatever the case may be. And then over in the room next to you, you actually have the news on, because your wife doesn't want to watch the sports game that you have on in the background, so you have the, she has the news on, and so you got, you know, your news station over here, you got the Monday Night Football going over here, you got Junior playing Switch, all the while your phone going, boo, 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 boo. And then your daughter walks in who's a teenager and she's like, Dad, did you see the latest TikTok trend? And so social media is turned back up. And all the while, your, your eight-year-old's just trying to watch a movie on her iPad. And it sounds like this.
If you're online, I wish you could see their faces. Everybody's super irritated. Everybody's super annoyed. They're looking at me right now, like shaking their heads, going, make it stop this. Somebody push. The stop button. And I believe this is what is attacking our souls every moment of every day. We're exhausted, and we can't ever keep up. And everybody's angry, and everybody's stressed, and everybody's arguing, and there's never enough information. And now something happens to me that even when I sit on the toilet or when I walk into another room, I have to check to see what I missed. And if you're laughing, you just incriminated yourself. <laughs> Guys, we have to reclaim the way to live as a follower of Jesus. We have to get our lives and our souls back. And as much as you need it, God wants it more for you. But how many of us, if we were to be honest, that is the constant reality of what's coming into our minds and coming into our hearts and coming into our soul. And Jesus says, there's a better way. Let me ask you a couple of other questions. You don't need to give a show of hands. Just want you to think about this. When was the last time you had a quiet time with God where you were just completely undistracted? When was the last time you sat there and you weren't worried about what was waiting for you or what was going on, and it was just you and Jesus, whether it was worship or your journal or the word? When was the last time you went home and you were just completely undistracted with your family? Where the phone was upside down in another room or it was on the shelf or it was turned off, and you're like, sorry, we're playing a game right now. Sorry, we're watching this movie together. We're gonna have one meal where we actually engage with each other and listen and ask questions and find out how the day was and and, and we don't just stare at our phones or are on our phones. When was the last time you maybe went to coffee or dinner with some friends or were out having an evening and you were so enriched and you were so engaged that you never even thought to check your phone to see either see what was going on in the world around you or because you got some text messages? When was the last time you had dinner with a friend or coffee and you sat that phone upside down on the table and an hour and 15 minutes later when you left, it was in the exact same place because you didn't really care what was happening there because you were so interested in what was happening here. And if you've experienced any of those things, you know how soul-enriching those are, and that's how we're meant to be. But what I'm saying sounds so foreign. It almost sounds irresponsible. I have friends who are so far ahead of me in this. They turn their phones off on the weekend, and I get irritated because I'm like, you're supposed to be all the time available to me. <laughs> Said Jesus, never. <laughs> I'm not the boss of them. I think I'd be a good boss of them, but I'm not. The truth is we live in a distracted world and here's, this is why I'm so passionate about this. If we don't fight against it, if we aren't intentional, if we don't have a strategy and a plan, it's going to clutter our soul and rob our relationship with God and impact negatively our impact, our relationships with the people who matter most. And by the way, that's what the devil's up to. If you remember last week, we talked about we were created with union for God and that's his goal and the enemy of your soul, the devil has a very different goal and it's what? Disunion disconnection. Jesus says it this way. He, he lays out this kind of dichotomy in one scripture in John chapter 10. He says the thief, he's talking about the enemy, the, the enemy of your soul, Satan. Uh, he's saying the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he wants in your life. And if he can't steal from your property or steal from your money, he'll steal your soul. He'll steal your joy. He'll steal the enrichment of relationships. He'll steal the love in your life. He'll steal every moment that's meaningful or memory that you could make. What does he want to kill? He wants to kill your joy. He wants to kill your life. He wants to kill your soul. He wants you to literally be a zombie who's literally just trying to always keep up and go to the next thing and take the kids to this and answer to this. And like, man, I just hope I make it to tomorrow. And some of you have been doing that for far too long and he's having his way in your life. 
He wants to destroy you. And he'll use any means necessary. I said last, last week, the devil doesn't care what he uses. He'll use the blessings of God. He'll use good things in your life. He'll, I mean, he'd love for it to be sin that destroys you, but he'll take distractions. He just wants to destroy you. But Jesus has this like complete opposite idea. He says, but I love big butts in the Bible. I can't lie. See, some of y'all need to detox your uh, entertainment, I'm just saying. Jesus said, but I have come so that you could barely make it and survive. Is that what he said? No, every week I think it's important that we look at what Jesus didn't say. Jesus said, I have come so that you barely make it to eternity and you destroy every meaningful relationship along the way, but by God, you got that 401k, didn't you? Jesus said, I came so that you could have life. And you can have it to the full. There's all kinds of translations on that, on that word that he used in, in Greek. It's, it's some say abundant life. Some say the best possible life, of life to the full. He's talking about uh, uh, just like immense joy and peace and purpose and rhythm. And even when bad things happen, you're like, I am going to be okay. Like he wants you to have life to the full. And if you were really honest with yourself, would you say, yes, pastor, I am experiencing life to the full. I have rhythm. I have balance. I have joy. I have pain and disappointment, but I am dealing with them in a healthy way. And I have the margin I need to get God and meaningful relationships. And I am not defined by what I achieve. So I don't need to do X, Y, Z to make it feel like I made something. Or do you feel more like I'm steal, kill, and destroy? John Ortberg, in his book, Soul Keeping, says it this way. This is a brilliant quote. He says, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy because either, you're, either way, your soul will shrivel. If he can't make you sin, he'll just make you busy because either way, it'll just eat away at your soul and that's his ultimate end game. And how sneaky, how sneaky of the devil to put a constant attention-stealing machine in the palm of our hands where we literally have access to 8 billion people and every news event and every part of the world at any given moment. Am I saying Steve Jobs is the devil and he gave? No, no, I'm not saying in 2007. I'm saying this has the power to do a lot of good. I'm really thankful for this. I do a lot of good with this. But it also has the potential to do a lot, a lot of harm. And this is not neither good nor bad. That's not what I'm saying. But this is, we have just kind of went the way of the world. Like, oh, we just do all the things in here. And then we get so stressed and we give our kids and we're like, hey, just take this so I can have a moment of peace. And we don't care at two or three that they're getting addicted to technology and the effects that that has on blue light and all these other things. And, and then they can't focus and they can't attention. They can't read and all these things, which is all kinds of studies on, which if you're a parent, you should go read those studies on the, the, the adverse effects of technology too early in your children. Um, and, 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 here it is, and now what we have is what, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, I got some text messages since this message started. Holy goodness, my cousin's calling me, and then there's some Twitter updates. I'm just telling you what's on my phone right now. One of them is a tweet from my message. Thank you, Pastor Alyssa. Uh, <laughs> our souls were not meant to handle this barrage of input. Our souls were not meant to handle like what we are experiencing. Think about how different it was even 50 years ago. 50 years ago. I'm not even 50 yet. I'm in my 40s. 50 years ago. You had to wait to the end of the day to get the news. And then it was pretty regional. It was pretty small area, maybe one or two big things. But you had to wait to the end of the day. You had, if you want to know anything that happened anywhere, you had to wait, go eat dinner with your family where there was no text messages. You had to have meaningful conversation. And then Walter Cronkite would come on. <laughs> he was a news guy for all you millennials. You had to wait. 
You had to wait for the nightly news in the newspaper, and it was so much slower. Think about in Jesus' day. 2,000 years ago, people lived at a painfully slow pace. In Jesus' day, the average person outside of maybe a, a rabbi or Jesus or Paul would never have left more than a 30-mile region in their entire life. Some of you drive more than 30 miles every day to work, and that's not an indictment. That's to show you how far they've come. Jesus, they traveled in, in, in the Bible times. Uh, their pace of life was three miles an hour. That's painful for me to even think about. I have a lot of energy. I'm like, we gotta go do something. And then we read the Bible through our lens and we read one verse where Jesus is feeding 5,000 and we read the next verse where he's casting a demon out and we're like, man, Jesus is always busy. But we don't understand is there was a one week trek between those two stories. There was a three day walk. Jesus, are you ready for this? Jesus had three years to change the world. And he chose the B team for disciples We've talked about that multiple times. And he did it at a painfully slow pace. One that would make all of us uncomfortable. And his movement is the only movement that's still going to this day, 2,000 years later. And he's reached more people in every... So maybe, maybe when he says, I came to give you full life, he knows what he's talking about. This is, you guys, this is fascinating because we're in this tension right now as the technology boom and the information age, there've been all kinds of predictions in the 60s and 70s about what would happen to our culture and our time. In fact, there's a, a, there's a very uh, popular um, Senate hearing um, where uh, they thought with technology, as technology expanded, we would do way less work and have way more leisure time. They thought the biggest challenge in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s was gonna be how are people gonna handle all the leisure time they have? And we laugh because of how ridiculous it is, but watch this. A famous Senate subcommittee in 1967 predicted that in 1985, beginning of the internet, no, pre-internet, beginning of the computers, pre-iPhone, all that, that due to technology, the average work person in America would work 22 hours a week and only work 27 weeks a year. <laughs> Do you know what's crazier about that? if the expectation was that we accomplished and only did now what they did in 1967, do you know what your work week would be? 22 hours and 27 weeks a year. Somehow we have felt the need to fill the gap with more and more and more and more and more. And here we are and everybody's exhausted and even Christians are ready to kill each other over the littlest things. Our souls were not meant to be bombarded with the amount of information and all the noise coming out of us. So what are we gonna do? How, what, what's the solution? What do we do? I wanna give you just three simple things. We're gonna continue to talk about this part for the next two weeks. And, and these might be simple, but we have to do them. And so we need a strategy. I said last week, we can't go be on a monastery in a mountain and uh, leave our lives. We just need a strategy. And so get, let me just give you three things real quick. Number one, we have to, we have to, we have to dive deeper into the word. This has to be it. This has to be the soul sustenance. This has to be it. This is not a book that only I can understand and interpret and then tell you what it means. God will speak to you as much as he will speak to me through this. In fact, in more and deeper and better ways, and it'll be more personal to you. And you have to have the word of God. You have to have the word of God. There's nothing. We have to dive deeper. Now, let me say one thing really. When I say we have to dive deeper, here's what you heard me say. Do more. I didn't say that. I mean, for some of you, you actually probably need to do less, read less, and you need to focus on one chapter or one scripture for a month. 
You need to meditate. You need to let it get into your soul and you need to repeat it and you need to pray it and you need to repeat it and you need to pray. I'll just give you a confession and I'm not that spiritual and I'm too ADD, whatever. I'll probably never read the whole Bible in a year. If you do, that's amazing and I'm saying you should do it. Here's why I won't. It's not good for me because it becomes a checklist and I get bummed and I miss it and da, 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 da. You know what I do? I, I've been spending a long time in a couple of really small chapters and I've been in Ephesians and Colossians. I'm like, I gotta read that again because I'm still bad at it. I gotta read that again because I'm still bad at it. I gotta read that again. And I, when I say deeper, I don't mean we gotta memorize the whole thing and read the whole thing in three months. And listen, there are times in your life and seasons you read. I will say I've had seasons where I did that. I mean, I ate the word when I was younger and when I was early and growing. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just letting you know, your pastor's probably not gonna do that because I need more meaningful nuggets than I do more just like, oh, Oh, I read all of the Psalms. Tell me one of them. I don't remember. Something I will hide his word in my heart so don't stab my enemy. I don't know. Like, no. <laughs> Dive deeper. Let, what if this school year, what if this fall, going into the new, whatever season we have is the year of the word for you. It's where I go deeper. I understand it. I, write, I read it. I study it. I, I get study tools. And I know it because we have to have some standard to compare all this crazy information come out out of us. Well, you should do this. I don't know. Sounds good. You should do this. You need to do this. And if you're a parent, you should do this. And da, da, da. Like there has to be something where you go, actually, that's not, a great, that's not how I'm meant to live. And if we don't know this, our souls don't stand a chance. They just don't. It's why we're gonna do the 21 days of prayer. 21 days, you're gonna get this in you. By the way, there aren't chapters and chapters. There's a couple verses each day. And I want you to just think about it, read about it, pray about it, think about it, read about it, pray about it. We have to get the, in the word. We have to desire it. We have to want it. And, 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 and here's why. Because I, I talked last week about greater union and, and we talked about greater empty and greater capacity. But the number one way God will speak to you is not through a stop sign. It's not through a rainbow. It's right here. And so many people, I don't know how to hear God's voice. When was the last time you spent time in his word? I know so many people, and I have compassion for this, so I'm teaching it. I haven't heard the voice of God, but they don't read the Bible. If you, if you don't hear the voice of God, if you don't hear God speak to you, and you don't read the Bible, that's like turning your phone off and be like, nobody ever calls me. <laughs> it's like turning your phone off, like my friends never text. Bro, turn it on. We're all here. I believe God is constantly and continually speaking to us. It's not a matter of, is he love me? Does he speak to me? It's actually, am I tuning into his frequency, his voice, or am I being just drowned? Is he being drowned out by all the other noises in the world? We have to love this. Here's the, the truth. We have to start to desire this over the noise of the world. And here's some really, really good news. Whatever you feed yourself, you can skip to the next one. Whatever you feed yourself on, you will actually develop an appetite for Whatever you feed yourself. So if it's like more Netflix, you need more Netflix. If it's more TikTok, you need more TikTok. If it's more NBC, you need more NBC. If it's more Word, you're like, you start to hunger for it. So you actually build an appetite for what you eat more. Um, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. So let's just stop here. Let's go back for that. Let's just stop here for a second. Let's ask ourselves, all the things we're putting on our life, is it leading to this? If so, let's get rid of it. Also, those would be great things to empty ourselves from, so there's more space for God to fill. Next verse, he says this. If you do that, he says, like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk. He's saying, crave the real stuff, like have a desire and a passion for this, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. In verse three, he says, now you have tasted that the Lord is good. Some of you, God is just so much better than you've ever known. And if you would just give him the space and a chance, he will blow your mind with his goodness and his love and his presence and his peace and all of those things. And so many of us, we want it. We want the prayer, we want the magic dust. And God's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Create some space and I will fill it. Create some space and I will fill it. And there's no other way. There's no other way. There's just no other way. And this is what I've been doing for most of my life. And I'm still terrible at it, but God always is faithful to fill the space that I give him. 
Whatever your diet is, if your diet is Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, then you need more of it. If it's his word, you need more of it. And the, the devil's gonna try to trick you that this is just equal to the other. No, this has to be more important. We must revere and elevate and hunger for this more than all the noise going on in our lives. Because this is different than any other book. Hebrews 4 says this, the word of God is living and active, living, alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's Hebrews 4 verse 12. It says this word is alive and active. It will speak to you every time. It'll speak to you every time, alive and active. David, the Old Testament hero, said it this way. He's like, this is how you're gonna know where to go. He said, your word, in Psalm 119, he said, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. I don't need somebody else to tell me where I should go. I need the voice of God to say, I'm gonna keep in step with your spirit, and when you move, I'll move, and when you stay, I'll stay. Teach me to wait on you, David prayed, all the time. The word, the word, the word, the word, this book is anything good that's in me is because of what's in this book, which ultimately points to Jesus. So those two things. All the other stuff is, is peripheral, but it's all this book, and I want that for you so much. The second thing is this, pray. We gotta dive deeper into the word. If we're gonna do this, if we're gonna cut out the, we gotta pray. We gotta spend time just praying. Um, that just, Jesus got away regularly with the disciples to pray. He was constantly on those journeys, pulling them into gardens. They would say no to crowds and say, nope, we gotta go pray. We gotta get together. We gotta talk about what just happened. We gotta get our souls refreshed. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We gotta learn how to pray. And, and I know that when I say that word pray, it can be a little bit mystical. So I'm just gonna invite you into my prayer time um, for a second because I've come a long ways in this. Prayer used to be something I had to do, and now it's something I really enjoy. And I'll start with this. The closer I am to somebody, when we hang out, the less plan we need. The further I am in relationship to somebody, I need to plan out every minute and every detail, right? Because if it's some new family you're gonna have, oh, we gotta do this, and we gotta go get dinner, we gotta do this, because God forbid there's some awkward thing or they're crazy and we need to get out and whatever, and I don't want them to think we're crazy. But if it's with your boy, we're like, what are we doing? We're gonna jump in the car, we're gonna figure it out. We don't have to have, with my best friends, with my wife, we don't always have to have a plan. Why? Because there's intimacy there. And so when I come into my time with God, I don't always have a plan. But here's what I do have. My phone with my version reading apps and some study tools. I have right now, I'm doing again, the emotionally healthy day-by-day uh, devotional journal that I mentioned a few months ago in our series. I have a Bible, but it's usually here. Right now, I'm doing a James study by N.T. Wright, just a little Bible study, and I have my journal. And some days I do all of it, and some days I do none of it, but I usually just start. First thing I do is I always just pick a song. Often, it's, it's, it's just instrumental. I just put a song on. I just want to clear my mind. I just want to have that pause. And I just, God, this is our time. What do you want to do? Like, where do you want this to go? There's so much I could think about. There's so much I could pray about. There's so much stuff happening at the church. There's so much stuff happening in my family. There's so much stuff happening in the world. What, do you, what are we going to do today? And then often what I'll do is after I listen to a song or maybe two, I'll either grab my phone and I'll, I'll read a couple of scriptures that'll start to direct my mind or I'll dive into my devotion. And, and maybe, uh, maybe Scazzaro says, today we're gonna talk about um, uh, the life of Joseph, born in, being born into a family of brokenness and sadness. You wanna talk to me about that? Maybe I'll read my James. Maybe I'll just start scribbling my thoughts out. But it's, it's this time where it's just me and God and, and there's intimacy and so it doesn't have to be amazing and it doesn't have to be groundbreaking and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And sometimes 30 minutes goes by in five minutes. So I'm like, man, I wasn't even, I gotta go to the next thing and I was just still journaling and I was praying and I love keeping prayers in my prayer journal. And sometimes it's just worship the whole time. I just worshiped him and that was it. I still have to fight feelings of like guilt. Like I should have prayed for so many people. Like you have crazy people in your church. You should have prayed for them. Um, 
But you know what? My friend John Eldridge introduced me to this prayer. God, I give everything to you. God, I give everyone to you. I pray for you multiple times a day. You know why? You know what I say? I give everything to you. I give everyone to you. And I just sit and we have a meaningful, meaningful time. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes I feel things. Most of the time I don't. But I usually always walk away feeling like I connected with God. And I usually have a thought or an idea or a focus for the day. Remember to love people. Remember to re- respond with, with, with grace or softness or whatever the case may be. And so you can have all these things. You can have nothing. You can just start with your you version and go, I'm going to read my one verse and I'll start to pray and spend time with God. It doesn't ha- you don't have to have this plan. But for me, the biggest change that I've made is that it's no longer a box to be checked. It's, it's a time to be enjoyed. And it starts with understanding that my father wants to meet with me. And, it's how, and the more I get this in me, the more I'm able to, different, to differentiate the voices of the world and the voice of God. When a th- thought or an idea comes into my mind, I can pretty easily now go, that sounds like the character and nature of God. Hey, you should be generous to this person. Give to them. Yeah, God would say that. Hey, you should punch them in the face because you're really angry. No, God would not say that. <laughs> he would say, in your anger, do not sin. So he'd give me permission to be angry as long as I handle it the right way. Pray. It doesn't have to be amazing or groundbreaking. And if you were taught by a certain denomination a way to do it and you connect with God to do it that way and it includes the sacraments, great. If it includes kneeling, great. If it includes laying down, great. If it includes pacing, I pace, great. There's no wrong way to do it. God just wants to be with you. Pray. And then number three, close with this idea. We must learn the disciplines of turning down the voices in the world. Honestly, this is the big one. We have to be willing to turn down some voices. This will actually start to come more naturally the more you do what I just said and you start to see how this changes your life and it produces fruit and it actually helps transform you, not just another thing to do. You will want this. I have to, you have to turn them off. We have to be disciplined in doing that. But also in the book, if you read chapter two, he talks about benevolent detachment. It's, it's loving yourself enough to detach yourself from the crazy parts of the world. And so I'll, I'll let you know one thing I did as we go into this fasting um, during the pandemic, I, I, you know, we were all on video and we were on social media and I was more engaged and all that. And I noticed, it started to notice it had a really uh, negative impact on my soul. Um, I'm just gonna be really honest. I was on Facebook a lot cause that's where a lot of people were. And I started to lose my faith in humanity. And I started to get really, really disappointed and ticked off at the church and Christians specifically. We embarrassed ourselves a lot. Um, but that wasn't my job and it was affecting my mood. It was affecting my ability to love people. And I just, I was like, I need it. Like, this is not good. My soul is not in a good place. And so I made the decision in October. I'm just gonna get off social media till Christmas. I'm gonna take a two-month break. If something crazy happens, everybody else is on it. I'm sure I'll hear about it. And so I, for two months, I took a break at Christmas and it had the most profound impact on my soul. I've experienced more joy. I was able to connect more with my family. I read more books and blogs and listened to leadership podcasts, spent more time with God. It was so refreshing. And I'm sure all the craziness was still happening on Facebook but I didn't know about it. So if you were saying stupid stuff, I didn't know about it. So I could still think you were awesome when you came to my church on Sunday. <laughs> I loved people better. And so Christmas came around and I had to think about it for about a half a second. Am I gonna get back on social media? It was like this. Why in the world would I go back? Why? My soul has been restored. I, 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 I realized that a lot of the people I follow and, and the voices I want in my life, they're not on social media anyway. It's not real. And those aren't the voices I'm listening to. I'm listening to the leaders that are doing books and podcasts and other things. And so I've been off social media for almost nine months, 10 months. And it has had an incredible impact on my soul. And I know some of you are like, no, pastor, you post all the time. No, that's just about church stuff. And I have a guy for that. <laughs> so if you tried to reach me via Facebook the last year, sorry. And for that reason, I will strongly encourage you when you start fasting a week from Monday 
take three weeks off of social media and just see what impact it has on your soul. Why not? What do you got to lose? There's two things I feel in my heart and my soul that I feel like God is like, kind of like, hey, I want you to take a break from this. For us as a church, not me. Social media. And for some of you, just the thought of it, like, oh, what will I do? What will I do? That is an indicator that you have a problem. Like, for real. And maybe, just maybe, you need this way worse than you realize. Here's the other thing that I think we need to take a break from. And some of you are not going to like this. Some of you, you need to take three weeks off from the news. I don't care what channel you listen to. I don't care if it's Fox or CNN or somewhere. Like, if something crazy happens, you'll hear about it because everybody else is watching constantly. Why not just take three weeks off of all the craziness that's happening everywhere and all the yelling and bickering and this opinion and that opinion, and why not just go, I'm gonna let God fill my soul and just see where you're at in three weeks. And so I really encourage you to think about and pray about social media and the news. Maybe it's a meal and some other things, but I think it will have a profound impact on your soul if you would at least consider it. And if you're like, man, if you're angry with me that I even suggested that, I'm probably, the Holy Spirit is probably speaking to you. You might need it, like I did. Here's why we gotta turn the noise down in our lives. Remember our noisy soul? How in the world are we gonna hear God with all of this going on? How are we gonna have a meaningful connection? How are we ever gonna hear the voice of God whisper or say the things that we need to hear when it's ding, 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 beep, 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 did you hear, do you know, and next thing up, this, then, that, and that, and you got the big game going, you got the news. How are we gonna hear the voice of God You know what we're gonna have to do? We might just need to turn social media down. We might just need to watch a few less sports or TV. We might need to take a break from Netflix. Maybe we'll let somebody else give us the news if it's really, really important, like a hurricane coming. Maybe we don't need to watch movies or Disney Plus. Maybe if we turn all the voices down, we can hear what has been there the entire time. So you can have my joy and my peace. Quiet the noise of the world, and I will give rest and joy to your soul. And remember to love others as I have loved you. You matter to me. And no one... What I didn't tell you at the beginning was, also in all that noise, was the voice of God. You just couldn't hear it. You couldn't recognize it. You couldn't find it. Why? But when you turn it all down, so don't listen to the temptation. Little worship music in the background. His voice gets a whole lot clearer. I just want you to know, you are dearly loved. Sounds about like what he would say to us. You can trust me. I am with you. You don't need to listen to what others think about you because you are just the way I made you. He's speaking the whole time. For you. He's constantly talking to you. You are fearfully and wonderfully. You're going to love what he has to say to you. You're going to love the way it feels when you're with him. He knows where you're at. He knows what you need. And I can guarantee you, if you'll turn down the noises and create a little bit of space, you might find the life you've always been looking for, the rest for your soul, you might actually be able to get your life back. And so for the next few weeks, let's turn down the noise of the world and just give a little bit of space to see what God would say to us.
The truth is this, the noise of the world is not gonna stop. It's not gonna get any slower. No one's gonna go like, hey, let's just calm down. Let's give you space and margin. We are gonna have to do this. We are gonna have to be the ones to implement this. So we can either succumb to the way the world is going or we can fight against it and we can be set apart and make ourselves available to God. And I would remind you, you were created for union with God and he will always fill the space you give him and he's always speaking to you if you'll turn down the noise in your life. Bow your heads with me if you would. I realize that you may be watching this somewhere else. You may be listening to this and you've never even heard that God wants a relationship with you, that he wants to have a union with you. And if that's you and you would say, man, pastor, I want that. I I wanna have that. The Bible says all you have to do is believe this is for you and confess it with your mouth. And, And as I pray, if that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer and you can have a relationship with Jesus is just simply inviting him into your life and acknowledges your need for him as a savior. For the others of us, I want you to think about a declaration in your heart. What am I gonna do to cut out the noise, to hear God? What am I gonna do to create space? If you're here and you've never come into a relationship with God and and you want to, uh, you can say this prayer. We'd also love you to text KPC to 94000. I'm gonna send you a video and we're just gonna walk with you through this journey. But it starts with this prayer. And so in the privacy of your seat or, or your home or wherever you're at, you can just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe you came to give me life. You want me to experience abundant life. So I need you to come into my life. I need a savior. I appreciate the fact that you sacrificed on my behalf. Not so I could survive, not so I could get by, but so I could experience your joy even in the midst of hard times. So come into my life change me from the inside out. And God, for all of us, would you meet with us over these next four weeks? Would you reveal yourself? Would you speak to us? Would we, would we walk out of here knowing some of the voices we need to turn down, some of the fasting we need to do? Uh, maybe it is food or something. Maybe it's a, a noise. Maybe it's a toxic relationship. God, would we have the courage to be willing to let go of some things and turn the noise down? And would you fill us? Would you meet with us? Would you reveal yourself to us? Would you speak to us in whole new ways where we experience that union with you, God? We are committing ourselves to you. We want more of you, so we empty ourselves. We give you permission, God, to speak to us. We give you permission to, to ask for anything that you would ask us to let go of. And God, we ask you to meet with us. Would we begin from the minute we walk out these doors or turn off this online message, would we begin to turn down the noise in our life so we can experience rest and salvation for our soul. Thank you for loving us so much that you never rub our faces in our mistakes, but you rescue us from them. May we know your love and your grace in Jesus' name, amen.